0: I'm going to take, keep the floor for a moment, if I may, to talk to you a little about a place I call my own. You see, I am a chief from County Mayo, but uh, Dublin has been my home for most of my life now. And I live in a large kind of landmark building in Dublin city centre. You probably know it. And like a lot of people, you probably think it's an office development. And indeed, it mostly is, but there is a small residential part to the complex, just 16 apartments spread over four floors. The building was finished in 1980 and it was the first modern building of its kind in the city centre and our apartments were among the first purpose-built modern apartments in the city centre, too. They were kind of famous for a while and seemed decidedly modern and even swanky. There was a fountain and a kind of courtyard and tinted glass. The apartments are all just one bedroom, but they have fine big rooms, thick solid walls, and they're heated New York style, centrally through the whole building. It sits, however, in a part of town that is decidedly old Dublin. It's working class, commercial, full of pizza slices and phone repairs, discount stores, first-generation immigrants, bus stops, and a visible drug problem. The kind of area that has a mosque above a betting shop. Like myself, it's seen better days, but it retains a hint of exotic glamour. (laughs) That's what I'd say anyway if I were the estate agent. When I moved in there first, 12 years ago, there was a number of elderly residents who'd been in the building since it was new, but there are none left now. I got to know most of the other residents because of Penny. See, when you have a dog, people like to interact. Mostly, they want to pet her, but you know, even the ones who don't like dogs get to know you. There's a lady on the floor below us who has a fairly extreme dog phobia, and she doesn't like to share the lift with us, but even that is a conversation starter. Over the years, that I've been in the building, the character of the residents has changed. Now, there are young Chinese couples with small babies, young tech types, and of course, a couple of the apartments are now Airbnb. So one day, it's French businessmen, and the next, an American tourist couple. But even they like to talk to Penny. And then there was Frank. Frank lived in the apartment next door to mine. And when I moved in first, he was still working, though approaching retirement. He was a big man, chatty, inquisitive, fond of a social drink. Actually, very fond (laughs) of a social drink. He was a good neighbour. And then he went blind, totally blind. And it happened very quickly. The first thing that I knew there was any problem at all was one day when he asked me to dial a number for him because he couldn't read the number off the piece of paper. And a couple of months later, he was totally blind. He coped remarkably well, admirably well. A carer would come and visit him twice a day and help him with things or go for a walk with him, mostly to the pub. But I can count on the fingers of one hand the times he asked me to help him with something. He called Penny the hound with affection. Everyone in the building and most of the street knows me because of Penny. And everyone knew Frank because of his blindness. They were aware of the little dog, and they were aware of the blind man in his big wraparound black sunglasses. Then Frank got cancer as well. He wasn't sick for very long, and I never heard him complain. He didn't make a fuss about things. He died the same way two years ago, quietly and without fuss. I used to sometimes ask Frank things about the building, about when it was new and franky. But I never asked him, nor anyone else, actually, anything about before the building. For some reason I never even thought to wonder what was here in this large whole city block on which now stands this big complex of interconnected office buildings and a small apartment block. I guess to me this culture adopted by the city has always just been there. Then a few months ago I needed a taxi and then one annoying thing about our almost secret little apartment block is that people can never find it. And on top of that, it's surrounded by a complicated layout of one-way streets. So even a taxi that you could you know, probably shout at, and he could probably hear you, could take him 10 minutes just to get to you, as it's sent on a tour around the city center just to get onto your street. So if I'm in a hurry, as I was on this day, I walked to one of the two nearby taxi ranks. It's just faster. I was on my way to a gig, but I was dressed in my civvies. And I'd left my big, heavy suitcase full of costumes and makeup and the, all the smoke and mirrors that goes into making this seem effortless. I'd left it in the hallway of my building rather than dragging it to the taxi rank. I knew that we'd be passing by on the way back, and I told the driver I had to make a quick stop just to grab it, which would only take a second. I put the seat in the boot, got back into the taxi, and as we took off again, the taxi man says to me, Do you know who lives in there? I said, oh, I, I, I live in there. He so says, I know you live in there, but do you know who else lives in there? Uh, He said it with the tone of someone who knows something interesting. I did a quick mental scan of my neighbours and couldn't think of anyone that might warrant the tone of someone who knows something interesting, so I said, No, who? And he replies in the tone of someone revealing something interesting. Your man from Pantybar. I considered saying, oh, does he, in the tone of someone who's just heard something very interesting and seeing where this conversation was going, but he seemed like a nice guy and I didn't sense there was any malice in it, so I laughed and came clean. and He was a little embarrassed, but he could all see the funny side of it, and I imagine he tells other passengers about it now. He had driven Panty to a gig once before, and although I didn't remember the journey as well as he did, when he said where the gig was, I was able to place it. And then he told me, He grew up in a small terraced house, tiny workers' cottages built around a little square that had been built for the workers of the Dublin Brush Company. They made sweeping brushes and the like. And his family had lived there for generations. He grew up playing in that square with all the other kids, with an assortment of mothers and aunts and grandfathers and neighbours all keeping an eye on them through the kitchen window from every direction. They loved living there. They were more than just neighbours, they were family, they were a community. And then, out of the blue, one day, they were told they were going to have to leave. They'd all be rehoused in better, newer houses or flats, but they had to go. The whole area was going to be levelled, and a swanky new modern complex of office buildings was going to be built. Office buildings in one small apartment block. He told me all about growing up there, about his man, his aunts, about his friends. Well, what he knew about his friends, as promised, they were all rehoused, but the community wasn't. They were all rehoused in different places. It took a few years to build the new offices and 16 one-bedroom apartments, but it only took a moment to end the community. He got out his phone, and a few taps and swipes later, I was watching a black-and-white news documentary from the RTE archives about the little square where my building's courtyard is now. There were kids running around in shorts. One of them was probably me. And there was his stylish aunt being interviewed about it all. They didn't want to go, but they weren't given a say in it. They've both since died, but what hasn't died is how his whole family remembers the whole thing with great sadness. I'm a culture who adopted this city, and the city adopted me. Feels like home, like my city, but I have only borrowed it. It was someone else's before me, and it'll be someone else's again after me. I love living in the city's heart, and I love my apartment. But I can't now help but also feel a little guilty for loving it. And sometimes when I look down at the courtyard, I think of that taxi man and his stylish ants. Thank you.